Welcome to the Catholic Influencers Podcast. We're so blessed, so happy to have you join us, listen to us, and allow us to bombard you with our words <laughs> and our many hours of study. How long have you studied, Alyssa, for this podcast? It was a good day, I'm not going to lie, but I enjoy it. I love learning about all this stuff, so um, it's a joy. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, I, I'm really studying. I'm putting in hours, maybe not a full day, but I'm, I'm putting in a lot of hours of studying. And as, as I'm doing it, I'm absolutely loving it. I'm just, every, every time I'm, even when I'm preaching, you know, the Sunday after, I'm thinking, what should I talk about? I have so much to say and I have to restrain myself. And I get so excited about the book of Matthew. Like we've, <laughs> we've studied the entire book of Matthew it throughout this podcast. It is so incredible. My problem is I just can't retain the information. My I used to be so good with my memory when I was younger, but I feel like as I'm getting older, it's getting yes. harder. So um, I don't know, pray for me that I can just remember everything. Yeah. But what you do, apart from learning the things that are memorable, you also learn a system, like certain truths about the book. For example, like we, we know, tell me if you remember this, when was this book written? 80-80. So we know it was written after Jesus was born. Another truth is what? who was the audience Matthew was talking to? He was talking to the Jews. So to the Jewish people, that's right. And it is essentially a, a, a teaching gospel for the Jewish people, the followers. So these things. And then from that, then you can say, ah, okay, you can read everything out of those lenses of knowing these exactly. basic truths. And so, yeah, just and knowing how different it is, for example, from John, who was, um, it was the book of signs, and he emphasized the miracles because he was written, writing to a, a people who were growing in ministry. And Mark was, do you know who Mark was writing to? It's the shortest gospel. She's nodding her head for those of you who are not watching the video. <laughs> it's the shortest gospel, but it's all, it's an extended narrative of, of, of the suffering and death of Jesus. So he was talking to a persecuted church, you know, so, and then Luke, Luke, do you know, was Luke one of the apostles? Yes. No. No. You're looking at me funny. <laughs> <laughs> I got it wrong. Luke, Luke never met Jesus. Like, it's crazy. Luke never met Jesus. He was a doctor who converted later. He was a Greek. And basically, he wrote the Gospel of Luke because he was interviewing people, including the mother of God, the mother of Jesus. And so there's a lot of facts there, like sort of things there that are very scientific and descriptive because he wasn't a Jew. He was writing to the pagans, like saying to the, to the, to the Greeks and saying, hey, this is how he's explaining Jewish traditions and this is why they do this. And it's just different perspectives helps us understand also the the context of of the scripture. Anyway, I'm excited. As you can, I feel like as I feel like we could stop the podcast there because I've just learned <laughs> so much more. I'm a good Catholic. I try to be. <laughs> yeah. I'll keep studying. <laughs> no, but now what we'll do is eventually. So do you know if you listen to the readings, if you go to mass every single day for three years, you know you'll go through the entire Bible. I did know that. Yeah, and so we will go eventually on Sunday. If you just stick to the Sunday, we'll go to the end through the entire four gospels. We'll go through about forty percent of the Bible, or maybe maybe thirty thirty five percent. And so at least at least that's a good start. Have you ever read the Bible through, or ever thought of it? No, but I just recently did a um, like a eight week course of like a helicopter view of the narrative story of the Bible, so from wow. like start to end, and it was amazing and just everything clicked 
so much more. So I do encourage people to look into that. Yeah. Yeah, actually, FRG Ministry is going to produce a course. We had the course of Knowing Mary. Now we have the course of the School of Prayer. But after that, we've already started filming for it. We have a course of called the Introduction to the Bible, where we have a theologian coming in to teach us the Bible, it, it, sort of how to read the Bible in the context of the Bible. I'm, I'm listening to it. Like I was listening to the second lesson. Look out for the second lesson while, while he was teaching it. And I was just in awe. I was shaking. It was just so beautiful. But it's an advanced course. It's not for people who are just beginning. I'm, it's not for teenagers because he's very <laughs> intense in his teaching. Well, I can't wait I, for that. Yeah, it'll be really good. So you, you're educated enough. You'll you'll be able to understand that. We'll try. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Okay, so shall we go to the gospel? Today's yes. gospel. Let's do that. So we are in Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 to 12. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Nice. A lot a lot is being said there in just one reading. And of course... So much. We cannot study all of this. I'd love to do a whole course on the Beatitudes. There's there's so much to be done well, there. there you go. That's the next FRG ministry course. Yeah, exactly. That's a good idea. Yeah, we want to do the sacraments as well. Anyway, there's so much we need to do. We'll, we'll talk about that <laughs> another time. But um, feast day. This Sunday will be the feast of All Saints Day. So we'll actually mm-hmm. be celebrating All Saints. So during your Sunday homily, you might hear an explanation of the the um, Beatitudes, what we're going to explain, or you might also hear a sermon, what they call a sermon, on a, um, a teaching of the church. Do you know the difference between, I'm asked, I'm, there's a lot of trivia today, you know the difference between a homily and a sermon? I don't, I actually always <laughs> thought it was the yeah. same thing. No, a sermon is usually, Catholics don't usually use a sermon, sermon the word sermon, that's more an Anglican, Protestant thing, it's yeah. like an extended homily, but the way we traditionally understand the difference between a homily and a sermon is a homily is based on the scripture as an explanation, the breaking over or open of the word. And a sermon is sort of an explanation of a Catholic truth, for example, about well, the lives of the saints. that makes so much sense. Yes. Yeah. Or about um, why the church does certain things and believes certain things and, and teachings of the church. And so the priest has the choice and every Sunday. So that I can go every question. Sunday. Yeah. Yes. I, what was your next question? I was just going to say, like, so the priest has the power to choose which one he wants yes. to do. So the priest has the option of either preaching on the word of God or breaking that open, or he can take 
Um, uh, for example, you can talk about the creed or talk about the Our Father or talk about the Eucharist or talk about the lives of the saints. So there are mm -hmm. things that a, a priest can do um, instead of a homily. But today we're going to break open the Word of God. Matthew, again, we're here and we're at the education stage of, of Jesus. Jesus is on this Sermon on the Mount where he's teaching his apostles. First, he had his baptism. And that was his call. His, his, I wouldn't certainly not a conversion, but it was the the realization of his call. Mm -hmm. And then he goes out into the desert, and he gets all temptations. And that's where he chooses God again. He says, "Hey, I'm going to choose to do the will of the Father and not my will." There was a the temptation there. Then he comes out and he chooses his helpers to help him carry out the will of the Father. Now, what does he need to do? He needs to teach his helpers. And so Jesus actually goes up the mountain. Um, and we know in scripture that the mountain is the place of like divine re revelation. And so Jesus is kind of presenting himself as the new Moses here. So we know in the Old Testament that Moses went up the mountain to Mount Sinai where he received the law. He received the Ten Commandments. But the difference here is Jesus is going up the mountain not to receive the law, but this time to teach the law. And so mm. like you said, the audience was to his committed disciples those, those 12 that he had chosen, but it, these Beatitudes hold importance for all of Jesus' disciples. Yes, exactly. And so this, again, I, I like to go into the context of things because this one thing that we don't as Catholics is we don't take the Bible literally because it is not a historical book. And we need to understand that. It doesn't mean it does, it's not a true book. The, the, the point of the scripture is to teach an, a fundamental truth. And the fundamental truth being taught here, being communicated here, is that th this is uh, that God is, is, is Jesus is the voice of God and that he's giving instruction, he's building, he's teaching the, his, his disciples to live as he lived. Now, I say this because there's the difference. I'm, I'm teaching a little bit here and I hope I don't lose you in saying this, but there's the literal point of view, which is like word for word. God, so Jesus did this at exactly this time and taking the scripture as a literal um, historical book. Well, we cannot because actually the, if you're going to take, for example, the progression of way things happened in Luke, it's different to Matthew. It contradicts each other. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the point is not Jesus said this when he was here and said this when he was there. But the point is that Jesus said this because he wants us to understand this. He wants us to grow in this. And so he's there. He's giving this sermon on the mount on this place of authority and people are asked, are asked to sit down. That's significant. The Bible says they sat down. Why? Why would they sit down on a hill? Well, I guess well, so yeah. the, the rabbis and the prophets would teach and then the listeners would be sitting down. So it's yes. a place of authority. Yes. So when the rabbi had to say something that was an official teaching, the disciples of the, this rabbi would sit down, would sit down and, and the teacher would stand up and give this official teaching. So Jesus, one, is in this high place, this high mountain. So this symbolic of Matthew saying, when the, the minute he said there's a mountain, the Jews knew exactly what Jesus was trying to, what Matthew was trying to say. They knew exactly. They said, hey, mountain, Moses, Moses, mountain. Okay, that's the most famous uh, analogy or image they would have got to their head. Yeah. And so he, he's immediately comparing Jesus to Moses. And where there's this teacher given, and not only that, now the disciples are sitting down and Jesus is teaching these Beatitudes. But 
you know, let's just talk about the literally. And I, 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 I'm sure, Alyssa, we're going to get a lot of emails because people are going to go. <laughs> I hope you under- they understand this, okay? Now, let's take this. This was written in AD 90, okay? After a whole lot, a whole lot of, of reflection. And Matthew wanted to write these things down after having these in his memory to mm-hmm. pass on to the next generation of disciples because he wanted to teach the next generation of disciples what Jesus said. But Jesus gives a whole list of teaching. Do you think Jesus actually stood on that mountain? I'm not saying he didn't, but is there a possibility like that he stood on that mountain and gave this entire lesson at once? I don't think so. Um, it would have been exhausting for Jesus. It would have also been it's a lot of content to, you know, take in for the listener as well. And we we were chatting about this as like we've been talking about the other gospels today, like this Sermon on the Mount as such. In Luke's gospel, it appears as well, these Beatitudes, but it's not all in the one place. It's at different points in the gospel. That's right. So, for example, um, Jesus says in one part of, of the Beatitudes in Matthew, he says, you are the salt of the earth. And, and he talks about being the salt of the earth. But in Luke, it's not during the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus says, you mm. are the salt of the earth. But he says it in a completely different place, in a different location, at a different time. And so, wait, hold on, which one is true? So the point is not when Jesus said it, but the fact that Jesus said it. Now, exactly. what he's saying was, it was probably a bunch of sermons that Jesus gave, and Matthew compiled them in a place of authority, saying, hey, this is the time, this is how authoritative these sermons are, this compilation is. It's in, on a mountain, it's, and, and people are s- seated down. And these teachings, now I'm about to write on this gospel, are more authoritative than the law of Moses. Like, yeah. Boom, mind, or oh, mic drop. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know? It's like Jesus' teachings are like that, that new standard. And so Jesus is also like placing himself in the same status as the lawgiver. Like it's the same status as God was when he gave those commandments to Moses. And so you can see how this could be kind of controversial because, you know, it, it's kind of like a blas- It's a really blasphemous statement if Jesus yeah. truly was not the son of God. Yes, yeah, so he's not saying, not, o- uh, not only am I not Moses, but I'm the one who gave Moses the law. I'm the guy on yeah. top, you know? <laughs> it's like, and yeah, so it would have been like very blasphemous. But this, the Beatitudes are so important. And, and the reason why Matthew would have put them together is because they are so important. They, they are the education of the helpers. This is the time Jesus educated the people to go out and to preach the gospel, to prepare for the cross, to prepare for the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And so it was sort of like the ordination homily sermon address. This is the most important thing that you will need to know once you are ordained, once you go out in ministry. So sit down, let's go to a mountain where we are closest to God, and you're going to hear it from the mouth of God. And so like this... The fact that it wasn't all written together does not in for one second, for one moment, um, discount the importance and the power of what Jesus is saying here. Yeah, but exactly. What is, yeah, but what is Jesus saying? What is Jesus saying? Like, he's talking now about the, the Beatitudes, but the New Testament we know was, was written in Greek, but actually... Jesus spoke. Jesus didn't speak Greek. Yeah, Jesus maybe spoke he spoke Greek, but he wouldn't oh, but have been. Not yeah. in this point in time. He wouldn't have been speaking. Yeah, exactly. 
What would you have been speaking? Aramaic. Aramaic. Like an Arab language. And so the Arab language, you, you know, in English you say, blessed are the poor in spirit. It wouldn't have been said that way because in Aramaic, as in Maltese, for example, which is a Semitic language, there's no uh, verb in, in, in this sentence. It's not blessed are, but oh, the blessedness of, or blessed is the one who does this. I just, yeah, and let's try and explore a little bit about why Jesus said this and the way he said this. Yeah, so I think something important to know that I didn't know before studying for this is like a beatitude is actually like a literary form. So it was commonly used in these ancient languages, like you said, and it it talks about like opening phrase, like, you know, blessed is the one and then follows by like a fortunate situation. And so when talking a little bit about the Old Testament as well, in the Old Testament, this, these beatitudes appear lots of times, but it's always talking about blessed is the and the present situation. But the flip side of Jesus's Beatitudes is that it's kind of saying, um, uh, what's he saying? That it's blessed are the ones um, who are with, already doing this. <laughs> who are already doing this. <laughs> yes. And it's talking about the days, these blessings start in the present life and they follow on into the afterlife. So the life in the heavenly kingdom. There we go. Yes. I got it out. <laughs> Well done. <laughs> That's good. I, I was I was seeing your thought process, but I I, I let you hang there just because I knew you. So this this is it's not very often we hear that the beatitudes are the beatitudes. Yes, they are the beatitudes. But the problem with that saying that they are the beatitudes is Jesus, in the context of what he was saying, is not he, never for one moment did he say this is what you should do, but he was pointing to his disciples who were already doing it mm-hmm. and just saying you guys are blessed. I just want to honor you for doing that. You have godly joy and you will have godly joy. And I want to encourage you in, in what you are already doing. That oh, 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 the blessedness of you who are poor in spirit. And so he's just encouraging them when there's a place of, of persecution, when there's a time where they feel that they don't have the strength to do it anymore. Again, AD 90, a time where it was really difficult for Christians. So he's just saying, guys, continue. Continue, keep, keep holding on, keep strong, keep moving forward. And so this, the, the Greek word is for godly joy, the blessedness is makairos, which means like the godly joy that God gives us when we are faithful to him. And then he gives a whole list of these beatitudes. Let's talk about a few of them. Why does, like he starts, I, I just find fascinating with what he starts. He starts with blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And that's the one you've already mentioned. And so it's important to note here, we're, we're not talking about poor in terms of like material poor. We're talking about the like the, the inner attitude of somebody. And so those poor in spirit are those who are, you know, embracing their littleness, embracing their powerlessness. And, you know, like they truly rely on God alone and they, mm. they fully trust in God. And, again, we're talking about this comparison with the Ten Commandments. So, yes, like, we can talk about the first commandment, which is, you know, you should love the Lord your God with all your mind or your heart or your soul. Like like you said, the Jews would have thought mountain Moses, they would have heard blessed are the poor in spirit and they would have thought, boom, let's love the Lord your God. Yes. So first. Jesus, Moses gave the first commandment and Jesus is giving his here, yeah, his first commandment. Mm-hmm. And they're the same thing. Yeah. They're the same thing. So Moses says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind and strength. And Matthew is saying, blessed are you 
who are so poor that you're on your knees, poor in spirit, that you're so dependent on God and that you put your whole trust in God. Blessed, oh blessed are you, oh the blessedness of you who love the Lord with all your heart, your mind and your strength and have no God but God. Mm -hmm. So again, a massive comparison with Moses right there in the first one. Then he goes to the second one. Blessed, are the, we're not. I'm just just a warning. We're not going to go through all of them. We'll, we'll just se select a few because this <laughs> will take us all day. But blessed but we, are those. Yeah. The second one. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And so again, we're not talking about those who are mourning death, but we're you know talking about those who are grieving over you know evil in the world. Those who are grieving over you know their own sins. And so even though you can't change your circumstances, you can still like resist evil by mourning mourning it and you know yes. there's that promise that God's going to comfort you and you know mourning with others and mourning like mourning brokenness as well again this compares to this love the Lord with all your heart um and and what's this the greatest commandment you remember there was the the Pharisees, I think it was a few weeks ago which is the you greatest spoke about command, it last, last week. week yeah so it's so and love your neighbor as yourself love your neighbor exactly. as yourself and so this is what he's saying here in the second one blessed love the Lord your God with all your strength blessed are the poor in spirit who are totally dependent on God and blessed are those who mourn don't those who mourn are not mourning because they someone died when someone mourns is that they mourn over the brokenness and the suffering in this world. They mourn mm -hmm. over their sinfulness. And you see, this is what he's saying. Basically, you'd be detached from things, be detached from the world and hold on to God, but never be detached from people. Exactly. Being detached from the world and from material things does ne never comes at the cost of being detached from people. So again, he's saying, have an empathy, have a love, mourn for those who are mourning, be broken with those who are broken, and look after the poor who are physically poor and the voiceless, and speak out for those who who don't have a voice. Yeah. Let's try another one. Uh, what about, actually, one of our listeners did um, send a message with a question, what does like being pure, pure in heart mean? So one of the Beatitudes is, blessed are those who are pure in heart, that they will see God. And so I kind of interpreted this one as, you know, it's disciples whose external acts of faith reflect an inward attitude of a pure heart. Mm. I tell you what it is not. He's not, I tell you what Jesus was not referring to there. He was not referring to sexuality. He was not talking about sex. He was mm. not talking about um, not watching um, your thoughts now is, it does not mean that we shouldn't and actually we sh we have to be pure in 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 mind body and soul absolutely but jesus was not talking about that there he was talking about being pure like like gold uh, is separated from the ore you know and so what happens is when when we are pure of heart we only think about one thing our heart are only, our heart is only set on one thing and that is god in other words, mm -hmm. he's saying, get rid of the distractions of this world. Again, material things, things that take you away from God and come with blessed are the pure of heart. Those, those who are sold out for Jesus. Those who think, wake up and think about Jesus. Who go to sleep and think about Jesus. Who do nothing but want to tell people about Jesus. And they're yeah. the people you just like, keep them away from you on an airplane seat. <laughs> you know, like... I don't want to be next to someone who's like totally pure of heart because like 
I don't know, it would drive me crazy. I'm, not me, but I'm, most people. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, me probably as an introvert, I'm just, I just think, I know, thank you, praise God. Now let's, let me sleep. Yeah, but, exactly. But this, this is what Jesus is saying. Be sold out. Be sold out for me. Let your heart mm -hmm. be so purely focused on who I am and what I am doing. So those are three Beatitudes as well. Again, blessed are the meek. I just want to quick reference to this one. Blessed are the meek as well. It doesn't mean you're, you're a, a, some, a, a doormat, floor mat, floor cloth, whatever you call it, and people walk all over you. Um, but I always get that wrong. What do you say when someone, you let people walk all over you? There's an expression in Do English. Doormat? Doormat, I yes. So. We, I, in Maltese, we say floor cloth. So it's a bit well, okay. art. But um, it so, kind of means the same thing. Uh, yes. No, not really. But. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, it, it's, um, it means that they walk all over you. It does not mean that. Blessed are the meek means that um, people who are under control, who have their emotions yeah. under control, who have their actions under control. So blessed are those who are self-controlled, basically. Yeah. One thing I wanted to, before we kind of finish up this topic, just to note that like, the world would would consider all of these qualities like being poor and mourning and you know meek and merciful to be like a sign of weakness but what Jesus' beatitudes show us is it kind of challenges us to see life from God's viewpoint and not from the world's viewpoint and so when you live by these standards you, you we really are going to we really are in a truly fortunate situation because we can find joy and hope in our suffering like we can endure suffering but we can find joy and hope in what's promised to us by God amen so what I'm going to do, we're going to go straight to our topic. We have a, um, I, a dad joke um, and a blessing. Alyssa, I'm going to get you to do the blessing. I'm going to, we're also trying a new thing this week. We're filming with, uh, with an external camera as well, so that on YouTube, you'll be able to watch this in high definition as well. Um, my camera is about to stop, so I'm going to restart it. And Alyssa is going to give us the blessing, um, uh, th this week's blessing. Yes. Yeah, so this blessing has come from Wilfredo, and I hope I've said that right. Wilfredo Cruz from um, Boston in the USA. And so three weeks, he, he's emailed this blessing in. And three weeks ago, he had some surgery to improve his health. And his blessing was that Father Rob's music and our podcast helped him to keep his faith up and helped him to relax before his surgery. So I wow. mean, how blessed are we to be able to, you know, provide resources like that to help people through moments like that? So yes, thanks hey, for sending like, that in. So praise God for these blessings. And we're, we're, we are blessed to be a blessing. We don't feel very often that we're, we're doing much and that we're being a blessing, but we, are, we trust that God uses us. As well, just before we continue, and I give you the dad joke, just a reminder, we'll talk about it a little bit later. This is going to be your last week to um, win this set of rosaries. We'll talk about this later. Stay tuned to the end and this t-shirt, and we'll explain it to you um, at the end of the podcast. So stay, stay tuned. Okay, dad joke. Tell me. Okay, why do bees have sticky hair? I don't know. <laughs> because they use a honeycomb. Oh, I actually got stung by a bee last week. Oh, no. It was very bad. <laughs> and, uh, and not on your lip or something, and all of a sudden you have Botox lips. It was on my toe. On your toe? Ow. <laughs> yes, but it's all good. I'm good now. <laughs> okay. Probably you stepped on it first. Poss possibly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, um, that's probably a good... Um, during lockdown, all the... Places like injection places have been closed, like for Botox and things like that. 
I know. So, <laughs> don't disclose anything. <laughs> but um, I, I was talking to a, a, a friend of mine who has the, who, anyway, who helps us out in training. She, she's, um, she, I didn't know, but she does a lot of Botox, but I did notice she was starting to change over the last few months. <laughs> And she she said that um, her husband has stopped recognizing her. Like oh, he, really? Like, he had no idea she was doing the Botox. And all of a sudden, she started to morph back. <laughs> She's young, <laughs> so I don't understand. But anyway, not, we'll, we'll go back. So what are we going to talk about? Something really interesting. Super interesting. Something that's coming up um, later this week is Halloween. And I... so how do we as Catholics, uh, I guess, react to this celebration and what's the history of it? Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about Halloween. You know, a few um, years ago, I got out a video on YouTube about Halloween and I tried to explain Halloween. But I must be honest, I took the video down because I it was like a three-minute video or four-minute video and I couldn't explain myself well and fully in, um, in, uh, in four minutes. And it started to be misinterpreted. I'll just start saying this, that Halloween is not a Christian. And it has, it's, a, it's pagan, okay? There's mm-hmm. nothing Christian about Halloween. But, but we're going to talk a little bit about how, as Christians who are immersed in a culture that is surrounded by Halloween, how do we understand it? And I think we, we are able to sort of glorify God through it in some way if we understand the historicity of it, where it comes yeah. from, and what we can do to turn it back to where it is actually, where there's some origin of it. So, Alyssa, talk to us a little bit about this feast, this feast day, and for a Catholic perspective, let's go to this, I think it's like the 8th century. Yeah, sure. So, hallow is actually an old English word for saint, and so... Hallowed um, be thy name. Mm. So, Halloween, it's like the vigil of like All Hallows Day, which is all... We're talking about All Saints Day, which is what we're celebrating on Sunday. And so I guess the history of like All Saints Day is um, this is a celebration that's come into the faith since the pontificate of Pope Gregory III. And so in the year 732, there was a chapel that was um, dedicated in, sorry, a chapel in St. Peter's Basilica in Rome that was dedicated to All Saints. And it was only celebrated in Rome. And then a century later, Pope Gregory IV extended this feast to the universal church. And so we're celebrating all saints. And it was so important that this feast was celebrated by by a vigil, which is the night before. And so we have this kind of pattern happening on all important feasts within our church calendar. So Christmas, you know, you've got the Christmas Christmas Eve vigil mass. And then in Easter, we've got the um, Saturday night vigil mass. And also, you know, each Sunday as a celebration um, Saturday, yeah, Saturday night, night before, mass. yeah, exactly and, uh, before Sunday. And Halloween is Halloween, like the eve of, like you're saying. But it's also All All Souls Day in the Catholic calendar. It's a day where we pray for those in purgatory. But why? Why the witches? Why the goblins? Why the trick or treating? Where does that come from? Mm. You tell me. Mm. Well, it it doesn't. That that's that's where the pagan. Um, part comes in okay so that's yeah. from the Celts now the Celts are the Irish the Scottish um, and the in Wales and in Brittany this was centuries ago okay and it, on the 1st of November All Saints Day it was the first their, their new year because it was the first day of, of winter um, and it was the, the night before the eve before that they used to celebrate this feast or acknowledge the feast day of um, Samhain. Samhain is the, basically the Lord of the Dead. 
the Lord of the Dead. And it was during this day yeah. that the um, spirits would come um, come out, okay? The spirits of the, the dead, um, witches, ghosts, and they would wander the earth at night. So what would these Celts do to protect themselves from these monsters that came out? Um, we talked about this, but I, like I said, my memory is really bad now. (laughs) (laughs) They'd wear masks to scare them away and they'd do big bonfires to scare them away. And they'd also get, um, what's the fruit, the vegetable called? Um, the turnip. They'd get a turnip and they'd put a, yeah, yeah. They'd put a candle in the turnip to scare away these, these, these monsters. And the, the reason why they'd wear these is to scare them away, to keep them away and not to embrace them. And the problem with Halloween is that we've taken that and somehow, some in, in many ways, we've started to glorify the witches. We've started to glorify death. We've started to glorify the goblins and, and the ghosts as opposed to warding them off. Not, not, I, I believe and I know that only Jesus, Jesus can sort of uh, protect us. Only Jesus can bring all souls, purg- those in purgatory, those unrested souls, which the Celts were talking about, into heaven. So we believe that they're in purgatory. But yeah, about- and I guess it's meant to be, was talking about it's the eve of All Saints Day. So rather than glorifying, you know, death like our, I guess, secular culture has, has taught us to do in this celebration, we should what we should really be celebrating is the heroic virtue and, you know, the, the holiness of saints as mm. well as Jesus' victory over sin and over death and over evil. Exactly, that God is we're not glorifying the Lord of death but the Lord of life. You see, this is where we need to talk. And the door-to-door collecting, that was also interesting how that started. So they would like on this um, this night where they would try and ward off these evil spirits, they would have a bonfire and a feast. And so during that time they would go door to door collecting things for this feast. And again, like this is where trick or treating comes into it because if you gave, you know, you were kind of promised prosperity. But if you didn't give contribute to these feasts, you know, you were kind of promised bad luck. And so yes. That's where trick-or-treating yeah, comes trick-or-treating. And then this went to America, and then it started with trick-or-treating in the United States. And um, it was it's harmless fun, but it's, uh, and then it started to lose a bit of, of Christian charity as well when you, the tricking started. They put soap on the windows and threw eggs and toilet paper on, um, and the elderly who didn't know to give things, and they would... It was a lack of charity. And the pumpkin, it was just more practical as well. It was bigger, yeah. It was bigger (laughs) than a turnip, so they started (laughs) using pumpkins. And that's all in the United States. But, and they they used to still do it to ward off um, evil spirits. Again, a pagan feast, nothing Christian about it, nothing Catholic about it. But okay, now this is gaining popularity, even here in Australia, you know, just outside our parish, just outside our house, it's just cobwebs everywhere, there are skeletons hanging, which is like even freaks me out, you know, and, and there's a lot of death being glorified just outside our doors right now. Hmm. How, how do we deal with that as Christians? What do we do to be a light in this feast? Should we stay away from trick-or-treating? What, what should we do? It's a hard one. Like, I guess if you're going to send your children trick-or-treating, you could take the candy and then you could promote giving that to the poor. That mm. That's one way of celebrating it as well. But I guess if we go back to these saints, like one way of um, celebrating this as well is, you know, if you've got a family talking to your children about saints, different 
different particular saint stories, asking for their intercessions, um, you know, using candles and lanterns as things of like praying for your loved ones and, and, you know, teaching your children that you can still have a connection with those that you love who may have passed away. Yes, and this is the thing that it becomes for many kids as well a, a time of indulgence. Mm. When it shouldn't, that is the virtue of abstinence from from indulgence as well. Uh, like you said, finding a Christian charity online that takes all these lollies, these sweets, this candy, and gives it to those who are less fortunate. You know, uh, teaching the virtue of sharing, of loving. Um, also, the, the other ne- thing. Are you- Sorry, yeah, buddy, but I was going to say, if you're going to go trick-or-treating rather than dressing up as a ghost or a witch, you could dress up as your favourite saint. Yes, exactly. I've Laura. seen all these things online, like little um, cute like Mother Teresa outfits for yes. babies. I think it would be great. <laughs> yes, so this is rather than glorifying demons and, and death, why not um, honour the saints, you know, go out as and dressed as, as Saint Teresa of Avila or Mother Teresa or go out as dressed as Saint Joseph the Carpenter, mm. you know, or, or Saint Joseph Copertino who, who levitated, you know, who used to fly, how clever that costume would be. Yeah. You know, there are a lot of cool things that we can do, Padre Pio, you know, there uh, these great saints and... Um, Saint Carlo, uh, Blessed Carlo Acutis, and yeah. all these great saints. That, that's just an Adidas jumper and 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 Reebok shoes. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> so there are a lot of things that we can do again to point, and and that will be an opportunity as well to teach our kids about the lives of the saints, and about even the the truth of purgatory. Maybe we'll talk about purgatory some other time. I think we're going to finish off here. We've been talking for I a think while. We've spoken about so much. I learned a lot. Um, this week, so yeah, very cool. Um, so we've got exciting news. So number one, we have a brand new podcast. I don't know if you've seen that on our social media. Firstly, you can follow us on our social media, Catholic Influences underscore on Instagram, on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Catholic Influences. You can also follow us on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash FRG Ministry. Our brand new podcast is Father Rob's Sunday Homilies, which is a going a shorter reflections on the Sunday gospel readings, also a little bit more more reflective. Um, and these are released on a Wednesday, so you can find out all that information on our social media page. Yes, and go to you can go to frgministry.com forward slash podcast and all that information is compiled there. But we give away. Yeah, we have a giveaway. Yes, so if you're watching online, Father Rob has shown out the handmade rosary and the new FRG Ministry Do It Scared t-shirt. Very cool prize to win. All those details on how to enter are on our social media, but I can give you a quick recap now. If you find our giveaway post on either Instagram or Facebook, you can tag your friends and send us a screenshot of a review on your favorite podcast platform Um, The reviews and the comments help us so much. So if you are feeling blessed from this ministry, it would help us out a lot if you could do that for us. Yes, and so we're grateful for you. We're grateful for you listening to us um, and praying with us and learning with us. So thank you once again for joining us and you'll hear from us again next week. Have a happy All Saints and All Souls Day. Yep. And be Christ's light even throughout this Halloween. Amen. God bless everybody. Bye.